So who are you when you remove the physical self? When you remove an entire love-hate relationship out of your life. What we're talking about is showing up to who you are past your physical self and letting your physical self be secondary to who you actually are. By taking the visual aspect out of the relationship that we have with ourselves, it challenges us to really gauge what we know ourselves to be and who we know ourselves as. And it's because without the mirror, we're not vulnerable to our perception. We're not vulnerable to the picture that we see staring back at us. I guarantee if you looked at yourself half the amount that you do right now on a daily basis, you would care so much less about how you look. And I don't care what your reason is for looking in the mirror. We all do it. We all have different reasons. We all stare longer than we should. And I don't even care if you're doing it to impress somebody. If you're staring at yourself for hours and hours, going through outfit over outfit, trying to figure out what is going to highlight your personality best, what's going to highlight your features best. I don't care what your reason is. But I think the idea that this experiment challenges is if you're going to impress somebody, you better impress the shit out of them with who you are rather than how you look. The ultimate goal with this mirror experiment is to not eliminate mirrors from your entire life. That's not realistic and I don't think humans would benefit from that. I think that would be very detrimental to our health, honestly. But getting to a point where we can use a mirror as an anchor or as a grounding. My name is Jordan Bishop and I want to welcome you to the Embrace Yours Truly podcast. The whole idea behind these conversations, this podcast, is to develop the practice of connecting with self. I want to talk about your heart, how you feel, how you think, and what's truly important to you. And maybe you don't know yet, and that's cool too. But it's conversations like these that help us better understand the purpose of all of our emotions and all of our thoughts. There's the world, there's life, there's your life, and there's you. And we're going to start with you. Why? Because... When we embody a self-embraced framework, everything in life becomes much less complicated. So let's talk about you. Let's dive into the version of you that only you know. I don't know if you've ever tried to not look in the mirror for a day. I know I sure haven't. I'm talking about a day in the life of no selfies, no looking in a mirror, no car window reflections, like no mirrors. I think I could do it for a day. I don't think I'd have a problem doing it for a day. For one day, I wouldn't think too much about the need to look at myself in the mirror. I think carrying out this experiment for longer than a day, even a week to a month, that idea of the extension of not being able to look in a mirror would really challenge our need to look in the mirror, right? And our need for confirmation about who we are and what we look like. And my perception of a no mirror experiment is being able to see like who you are without your outer physical self being the leading factor in that. So the things that I kind of want to go into when talking about what a life without mirrors would look like and how that would affect ourself, um, I want to talk about it in three different ways. Why I think it would eliminate barriers that we create for ourselves. I think it would also help us become less critical about our body and our appearance. I think it's also a way to have us gain more access to our lives. And I actually read a study from... Well, let's be, I didn't read the whole study, but I read the overview of the study of a UCLA student in the early 2000s. She did a full experiment on herself and she went a year without reflections. 
But in the research that she was studying, I remember reading that a statistic that like stood out to me was that people, male and female, check the mirror over 70 times a day. And it's not a matter of they're doing it out of being vain. It's a matter of seeking reassurance, which that is super interesting. 70 times a day. Think about how often you probably look in the mirror when you're at home getting ready. Easily for me, 20, minimum 20, when I'm actually getting ready for my work day. And I do think that without mirrors, just hypothetically, right? Like stick with me throughout this process. Hypothetically, for a day, for a week, for a month, however you want to picture this, I do think that if mirrors were less accessible to us, it would eliminate some of the barriers that we create from self-image. Because think about 70 times that we are caring about how we're perceived, about what we look like. This takes up a lot of time. And I think there's a lot of toxicity that we project into the mirror or that we accept the toxicity that we are telling ourselves and we don't actually accept how we are or what we look like or all that stuff, right? I think there's this need when we see a mirror, when we see ourselves in the mirror to be super self-critical. So my question would be like, without mirrors, would we be less self-critical? Would we use our critical eye better to actually be able to describe how we're feeling and what we're experiencing without actually focusing in on the body issues that we see and the language that we use when we look in the mirror? I think it would beg the question of like, would you like yourself more if you weren't able to see what you look like? Because it almost, I feel like it almost challenges the idea that you are going to become more appreciative of the things that are unchangeable. I gotta think about, for example, I'm not talking about like, like your weight or your hair color. Those can be changed. Like, they can. Like, that's not an unchangeable, but an unchangeable could be the shape of your eyes, the width of your smile, the length of your hands. Will you, can you, do you appreciate those things? Because if not, like, you're going to be faced with a tough reality of shit that you don't like, but is not changing. I wonder if we care less about how precise everything on our outer appearance fell into place. I wonder if we would be less concerned about the random hair that sticks up without being able to check it in the mirror. Because honestly, we wouldn't know about it if we weren't able to see it or if somebody didn't tell us or come up to us and fix it. Would we be so concerned about how tight our shirt is on our stomach? Would we show more of our bodies rather than cover them up when we are around other people because we're so terrified of the judgment and how we're perceived? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. The relationship that you have with your body could be fantastic and you could still choose to not show your shoulders and that's cool. And I'm just presenting these different ideas because we know that one hair that sticks out can embarrass the shit out of some people. And the self-barrier that I'm challenging right now is in the expectation of what our outer appearance is supposed to look like. You know, it comes from how we want our physical appearance to be seen and how we want to exist in the space that like we show up with. Which sometimes this becomes a barrier to the one thing that we're trying to do, which is self-express. So we already are talking about this, but my next thought goes into limiting our usage of mirrors. I think this would really make us less critical about our appearance overall. The overcaring aspect of it does come from the constant checking and how often we look at ourselves in the mirror. I don't know. I think it would be slightly inconvenient and annoying not being able to go to my reflection when I want to and then having to use my other senses way more intentionally. Like you can still see yourself. You can obviously still feel yourself and look at your body, but you're not seeing it looking back on you. I think this is interesting of what we start to care about because I think it would make us pay attention to things without judgment and without analysis of who we are. 
I think this study is just so interesting. And when you think about it on the deeper context, like I know for for about one day, even for a week, I think I would be okay. And I wouldn't really question who I was without a mirror for a short period of time. Like that, I do feel very confident about. Say you expand that. Say you go 30 days. Say you go three months. Say you go six months. Say you go a freaking year like the UCLA student did. I don't know if I'd want to go for a year because I don't know if I would benefit from that. But think about if you could go 30 days or a month. And I think the longer you go, it's more so to figure out how to sit with yourself better and how to be present with yourself rather than being so focused on this is what I look like and I hate it. We need to use mirrors in a less objectifiable way. That's the biggest takeaway, right? Like that's that's the biggest thing of being the self-critic because we see ourselves in such a specific way. Something to think about um, when becoming less critical about our appearance is like truly where would you struggle? Where would you, where would your struggles be? Would it be the constant reassurance that you would need by looking at the mirror? Would it be before you got on a FaceTime? Would it be before interactions? Would it be when you work out? I'd be curious to see how I would do. Because when I work out, I am constantly staring at myself in the mirror. There's a little bit of satisfying the ego there. I like to use the mirror. I like to gain some confidence from seeing myself. And, you know, everyone who's anybody who's in a gym is thinking about their muscular structure. So I, I'm I'm a product of it. I like to look at the veins that pop out when I'm lifting. I do watch my form. What I would struggle with is not being able to have the immediate satisfaction of, of looking at my reflection while I'm doing the work. Anybody that like truly gets in the gym often, when you work out without a mirror, it's it's a, it's boring. It's not fun to just like be with yourself. It might be something that would be good for a lot of people just to sit with themselves and to feel what they're feeling. So yeah, I'd be curious if I'd be less satisfied with myself. All I would really have to base my workout on is how hard I'm breathing, how hard I'm sweating. If I'm being explosive, I'd really have to sit with my body more than seeing the actual aspects of like what it is that I'm doing. But when you remove the means that helps you justify what you see in the mirror, what do you do? And like I said, I haven't done this experiment. But I think the biggest thing for me is when I don't have mirrors, where that's I'm fully aware when I go lift that there's no mirrors around, it forces you to look at your body in the physical state rather than in a reflective state. It forces you to let your body tell you what you're feeling. That is what I do know. This really gets me curious about how people would prepare their outfits before going to a gym. Because let's be honest, whether you're a male, female, what you wear to the gym is important in how confident you feel like you are going to perform in the gym. Even if you do a home workout or even if you go on a run, whatever type of exercise that you're doing, what you wear is a big part of that because it helps us get motivated to do what we want to do. And some of that is like the way they do their hair, what they put on their head, all stuff. But a big part of getting the confidence and getting motivated to go to the gym is based on what you wear. And I think it would be interesting if women that took out a mirror, if they would be able to put on an outfit and let themselves be satisfied enough with the outfit to still go be self-expressive in whatever exercise environment that you choose, right? Because normally we put on the outfit, we look in the mirror, we get the reassurance like, yep, this is what I'm going to go with, and then we head out. Would you struggle with that? Would you still go to the gym? You have the same outfit on that you normally do. Would you still go to the gym without getting that reassurance? And I mean, what we're talking about is being self-critical and I actually thought about a song from Sasha Sloan that 
just like hits home with what it's like to feel very self-critical of the mirror. And one of her songs is called House With No Mirrors. And she's like a indie pop artist, if you're into that. And vibe. Let me just throw that out there. If you like indie pop. She has a couple lines in there that I was just like, And what she's singing about is what it would be like if she didn't have that thing there that holds all the self-judgment, self-ridicule, self-dislike, all the negativity that bounces back from the image that she sees in the mirror. And the thing is the mirror, right? So the whole song is about what her life would be like and what she would feel like if that obstacle wasn't in the way. So there's two sections that I want to share with you, and that's because there's a lot of power in the way that she writes them. So the first one is, I'd be louder, I'd be honest, I probably wouldn't be so self-conscious. Think about the why aspect of that. And it's because you're not staring at yourself with a critical eye. You're just being, you're just existing. You just are owning who you are without the physical appearance. Like that becomes so much less important. Like, yeah, it's important. Like we all want to look good. We all want to be perceived as attractive, whatever. Like we all want that. But at the end of the day, the sense of self goes well past the physical shapes of our body and the, the matter that we're made up of. This next line hits a lot deeper. It goes... I would say when I was hungry, I'd throw on some jeans and not know the size. I'd walk out the door and not want to cry. Does that resonate with you? Just the self-toxicity that we present to ourselves as an option. And it's because we don't like what we see in the mirror. She's referencing weight. The idea that we don't like our physical shape and want to be thinner or believe that we should be thinner. So there's a disapproval in that process. Just alike though, it could be the same thing for a physical feature that we don't like. Say you don't like your nose. Every time you go out in public, you're going to be thinking about your nose. And that sucks because then you want to cover it up. And for what reason? Because you don't like the way that it looks and somebody's going to judge you for it. And that's what sucks. That's what she's talking about. We're talking about a lack of self-love because we're not meeting the expectation. So then we just don't want to love ourselves completely because there's an aspect of us that we don't like. And it just gets constantly reinforced every single time we look in the mirror. Without mirrors, like what she's saying is... Our critical eye would have an appreciation for who the fuck we are and what we look like rather than being so hard on the dislike that we have and what we're projecting into the world. Whether other people like our shape, our physical shape, the point of it is not to weigh your self-worth on that scale. And this goes into my third thought of what it would be like not having the need to look in the mirror, which I would anticipate that we would probably have more access to our day with Taking out the mirrors and the constant reassuring and the constant checking and the constant fucking disapproval that we see ourselves with, we would truly be able to be more aware of how we feel with ourselves. Even when we're in interactions with other people, we'd probably be able to see their faces more clearly from just being in the moment. We get so caught up in our thoughts and in our head about how we think about ourselves rather than just being and existing and appreciating life as it is. It would force us to start to feel and experience. I think this this actually challenges the question of like, what would become important if our self-image stopped having self-judgment? Or not even stopped, if it decreased, what would become more important in your life? And I think the challenge would be accepting that things are the way that they are. In a good way, the, the unfilteredness, the unjadedness of the pressure that our mental lens carries, like when you take off the filter and you appreciate life, that's powerful. Whether that, like, whether that's something you go through internally 
you take off the fucking filter and you're like, damn, I'm dope. Uh, or like, damn, my eyes are really fucking cool. Or like, damn, did you see that bird on that tree today? Like, that was a pretty ass bird. You know what I mean? Like, I'm being silly, but those are huge mindful moments. Like, I don't know if you've ever had a mindful moment where you're just like, it's just an incredible natural experience that is just really emotional. Like, I don't know, I've sat in stillness before and I've cried. Like, just for no particular reason. And without judgment, I've just sat and I've cried. And almost out of happiness, not out of sadness by any means. Like, I don't know, I've had moments where I've just sat in a space and kind of just become an observer of my surroundings. And it's almost like what's happening around me is just kind of motion. And I can hear chatter, like mumble-ish. I still like see what's going on around me, like wherever I am, but there's like this fluidness to it where like, I'm just so in touch with the energy that's coming over me. When I like kind of come out of it, my body will get warm. And it's like such a cool grounding moment. Just like realizing that all of my worries, they just become less. They don't hold as much weight. Like when I have these moments, like all of my anxieties just don't exist when I step outside of myself and I just sit in stillness. Like I've had plenty of moments like that where I'm just, I'm like not even trying to be mindful. I just am mindful of what's going on in the present. Um, And you know, you come back to your body and you get up and you're like, damn, like that was strange. <laughs> like I can't believe I just cried for like five minutes or whatever. It's such a freeing because like when we have mindful moments about self or about life in general of what's going on around us, it gives us this sense of unlimited possibilities for ourselves. And I think that's really fucking cool. I think the biggest takeaway from all this, from challenging the idea of taking away mirrors from your life, is to ultimately just make appearance a neutral factor in your life. Like I said, all this is me challenging the idea because I've actually never done it, but I might. I'm definitely probably going to. I would do it purely out of curiosity to see how I would do. Like, how uncomfortable would I be with it, truly? And I'd be curious to see if how I saw my self-image, if that would actually change. But like I said, the takeaway is about making appearance a neutral factor. And maybe your thing isn't appearance. That's not your challenge specifically, but say you have a different challenge. If there's a behavior, a habit, a thought that you'd like to change self-confidence, outlook on life, just prioritizing yourself. I don't know. Consider what might be getting in the way. And ask yourself, can you make it a neutral factor? And again, like, we're not going to completely remove mirrors from our life. Like, I don't think that's realistic. And I don't think that we should. I think you should see yourself. Um, But challenging the idea of taking away the self-toxicity that we got going on from how we view our outer appearance And can we change that into an anchor of some sort? Like, can we make that a grounding? And that's something I want you to think about. Maybe you already have a practice that you do with the mirror that helps you stay grounded in keeping appearance as a neutral factor. But maybe not, right? And that's something that you got to work towards. I think about a practice that I do with the mirror that absolutely was not intended to be a grounding of any sort. I just kind of started doing it one day. And why, do you ask? Well, my headspace was kind of all over the place. I had a lot of uncontrolled emotion that was just running wild in my head. It's like a toddler running around and they're just going to keep going until someone scoops them up and stops them, right? And the practice that I started doing was a version of visualization. And there's one exercise that I specifically do that it is similar to meditation where you 
you normally close your eyes and let thoughts come in and out, or you visualize yourself doing whatever. So what I do, I use the um, visual aspect of keeping my eyes open and looking in the mirror. So I will stand in front of the mirror, I'll get really close and stare into my eyes and move around all the different aspects of my face. I think the longest I've probably done it is about five minutes, which I don't know if you've ever stared at anything longer than 30 seconds. Five minutes is a really long time to just be present with one moment. So I'm going to share what the practice does for me and how I kind of navigate my time with the mirror. And really this exercise became a calming tool and a practice of acceptance for me when, you know, the uncontrolled emotions are these little guys that are just running around in my head and it helps me feel capable of slowing them down and calming them when shit gets wild in my in my head. So what I do is I post up in front of the mirror, I plant my feet, I lean into the mirror, and I lock into my face. And I let the thoughts kind of roll in and out of whatever I'm thinking, whether it's about my physical appearance or if it's about other people that I'm thinking about or whatever. I kind of let them roll in and out similar to the flow of meditation. And I just kind of lock into knowing that that's going to, that's going to happen. That might be the first 30 seconds to a minute of this process for me. But I go into this knowing that I'm looking at me and me's looking back at me. So wherever my eyes go, myself does it back, right? Like we are in sync and we're moving together. I don't know. It's like an acceptance that I got you. And Something about it, there's like this energy exchange, and I'm so with that. And there's nothing about it that's about my appearance. Like, there's nothing about it that I go into it with a dislike. I have zero judgment in what I look like. It's all about being present with myself in that moment. So what I do is I come back to the experience that I had in the mirror. And whenever I have anxious moments throughout my day... I think back to that. So when my thoughts or things just kind of seem to be running wild, I visualize me and myself connecting in the mirror. And this centers me. There's something about the practice of just raw self-acceptance without appearance even being a thought. And I can see myself as who I am so clearly. And that's why it helps me in being able to see my face even more clearly. And I know it seems strange speaking this out loud because it's an experience and it's not a conversation. When I'm in these anxious moments, I picture me in the mirror and it's almost like I run a face scan where I move from the scar under my eye, the beauty mark on the left side of my bottom lip, the strokes of green that show through the brown of my eyes. Like, I see the little white soft hairs that are on my cheeks. All these things that make up my physical being. And it's a beautiful relationship because with my appearance as a neutral factor, I can picture all of these features in detail and it not even be a thought about liking or disliking any of this stuff. And it's just a reminder that the physical body is holding space for my being to just flow. Whew. (laughs) That was deep. So good. It's such a good practice. I don't know. Um, I'm curious about what your relationship is like with the mirror, though. And if anyone's interested in trying a no mirror test, I wonder how long you'd want to go. 
and what you would learn about your relationship to self. So my final thoughts are, y'all, we are pleasure-seeking creatures. We are either gonna run to something or we're gonna run away from things when dealing with anything beyond our comfort or our understanding. And man, when we figure out how to invite our vulnerabilities to the table and let them sit there without critiquing any of them, like, fuck, that's the point. When we realize how incredibly unique we are and how awesome it is to have a cultivated relationship with yourself. And man, it's these little moments that show us that we can start living without hesitation when we show up without judgment. So thank you guys for listening to another episode on the Embrace Yours Truly podcast. And you already know this is a new podcast, so please go ahead and leave a rating and a review. And of course, if you like the conversations that we have here, tell a friend to come check it out too. See you next time.